Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Yo, yo, what's happening? Houston, this is the place to be. And I am DMC in the place to be with my man Brad Gilmore and the one and only, the champ, the man, Booker T. So let's get it popping. Live from Houston, Texas, and around the world. Join the six-time world heavyweight champion, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, and WWE NXT announcer, Booker T. Booker T. Alongside his right-hand man, the boat, Brad Gilmore. It's time to get your champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. Now, can you dig that? Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. I'm Booker T, six-time world champ, two-time Hall of Famer. Got my man Brad Gilmore here with me. We're coming to you from ESPN 975-925. We want to thank everybody for stepping inside the Hall of Fame today, getting your champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Man, everybody want to know why you're feeling so good. Why you feeling so good? Well, I'm going back to work. I'm back to work tomorrow, guys. Uh, Make sure you catch me uh, on NXT. I can't wait to get back. I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm probably about 98% and uh, <laughs> I'm good to go, man. How you feel, Brad? Hey, boy, I'm doing great. I'm I'm like you. I'm I'm excited to get you back on NXT because I got to hear the trick, Willie. I got to hear, I, you know, you just got to hear that done the right way. You know what I mean? Shout out to Byron. Shout out to Byron. You know, There's been a lot going on, though, since I've, since I've been gone. <laughs> Have you been keeping up is the question. <laughs> oh, no, no. I've been, I got my top 10 moments. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you got a hot, you got a sports center highlight you'll play. Oh, man, I got my top ten moments, man, as far as what's been going on since I've been gone. And I definitely can't wait to get back and uh get in the saddle because Roxanne Perez, she's she's totally uh has changed. I mean, uh Carmelo Hayes, he's definitely lost his damn mind. You know what I mean? Uh Ilya Dragunov is right right in the middle of things all over again. You know, Trick Williams, of course, you know, where's Trick, where's Trick? You know, so my thing is, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get back and you know, uh, just get back to the table. Me and my man, Vic Joseph. Oh, yeah, man. Can't wait, man. Uh, he's been sending me well wishes and whatnot. And, uh, it, it, and also, like, man, I can't wait for you to get back. Get, get Byron the hell out of here. But no, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. How are you feeling? How's the body? No, I feel good. I feel good. My um, my um, procedure went very, very well. Um, I, I healed up um, pretty quickly. Um I don't have, I'm not in any pain or anything right now. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting back to work. I hate being idle, um, sitting at home, not doing a whole lot, but actually sitting at home, um, I got a chance to get a lot, a lot of work to kick it in gear, kicked it in overdrive with reality of wrestling, man. And if you guys didn't know about the last stand rumble, that's going to be going down Ooh. March the night, just 
just a few days after my birthday. My birthday is going to be March first. Coming up this uh, week. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a party time, party time all March, man. March, March madness, man. March <laughs> madness. Uh, but uh, now the last day of Rumble is definitely something that's shaping up. Um, we're all sold out. We're all sold out, but we just opened general admission tickets. That means, guys, you can get a ticket, but we're going to sit you in there. Every seat in the Walker Texas Lawyer Arena is a is a hell of a seat. You could, I mean, no matter where you're at, it's a hell of a seat. But general admission only, we're going to try to fill that thing up, 500 plus, maybe six. Um, but I, I tell you, man, I'm excited about March 9th and the last stand rumble. Maven is going to be making his way to the last stand rumble. He didn't get a chance to do, you know, the WWE big, big event and whatnot. So I said, Maven, we got something for you. All right. All right. We got something for you. Last stand rumble. Are you in? Before I can even finish saying it, he said, I'm in, man. I'm in. <laughs> Maven is looking to win, not just to be in, but to win. In it, man. The last stand rumble. So, guys, if you're anywhere in the surrounding area, Texas City, March 9th, um, Make sure you come on out there to the Walker, Texas Law, your arena, 9300 Emmett F. Lowry Expressway. And, uh, man, I can't wait, man. I'm excited. I'm beyond thrilled. The Boogeyman's going to be there. Zilla Fatu's going to be there. Uh, Maven going to be there. Will All Day uh, is going to be defending his Reality Wrestling Championship. Ryan Davidson is going to be defending the Texas Championship. Izzy James defending the Television Championship. Mia Friday defending the Interim Diamonds title. I mean, look, it's a star-studded card. This is star-studded, yeah, yeah. man. There's yeah, a reason yeah. why it's sold out so far in advance. So if you can if you can even get a, a, a corner ticket, you know what I mean, where you're sitting in the corner from the back by the concession stand, we'll sell the seat by the concession stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this is huge for us, man. 30 men, 30 men um, rumble. And um, that right there in itself is a, a big, big task for us. To, to be able to pull off and some of the names guys is right now we haven't um, even um you know put out all the names that's going to be in the rumble a lot of names you're going to be um going to be named that you've heard of um, names that you've seen before so guys come out and be a part of this historic event um that reality of wrestling is putting on because i swear man i never never thought in a million years that we would get to a point to where we could have a full card full card i mean i don't know maybe six to eight matches plus 30 men in the rumble <laughs> over the top rope battle royale that that's huge that's huge and uh reality that, that's just a testament of re what reality of wrestling has done over the years we got guys um you know like nick patrick sending us talent from deep south you know we got guys like um dustin star sending us talent from memphis championship wrestling uh of course you know um, dave marquez out there championship Hollywood. We're trying to get somebody, you know, to, to represent championship Hollywood to be in the, the last stand rumble as well. So our thing is, Oh yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I saw a, a poster just, I uh, went up, um, Cam Cole, Cam, Cam Cole, Cole, baby. Is, is back. Uh, and let's not forget, you know, two of the ladies just making their return, um, from Japan, promise Braxton and, and Gigi Ray. Uh, they're definitely um, going to be doing something. They're going to be doing something. So, so, guys, come out and be a part of something special. Like I said, it's already sold out. Uh, but we're looking for a, a double, maybe a triple sellout um, if need be. Standing yeah. room only. Standing, Standing room, room only. only. But you know what? And, and it's I, remember, what I, I remember doing a, a show in, um, in, in Korea. Uh, me and JBL. And uh, it was in this small arena. And it was in front of... Uh, 
10,000 people, standing room only, man. <laughs> Look here. That's a true story. That's a true story. 10,000 people, standing room only um, in Korea, man, North Korea. Um, Glad you made it out of there. Um, you know, look, it feels like this is an infomercial, but I promise that it's not. But wait, there's more. The signups are official for the Rogue Games. You can go on realityofwrestling.com. There's a big Rogue Games banner there on the homepage. Click it, and you can fill out your application to uh, potentially win five thousand dollars five thousand dollars <laughs> you can win five grand one man one woman will win five thousand dollars at the row games um it's going to be kicking off april the 20th and you can sign up today on realityofwrestling.com um book i'm i'm trying i'm thinking about it you know what i mean i'm thinking i'm thinking about it the yeah. ultimate athlete it sounds oh, like it sounds like a title i would like to have and we're going to be having uh, a lot of these events is going to be held in texas um, huge, um, huge um, um, facility out in Texas City and probably one of the biggest facilities that you guys have ever seen as far as gaming goes. Um, if you guys get a chance to go out and check out Texas right there at the Mall of the Mainland, 10,000 Emmett F. Lowry Expressway as well, go out there and check it out. That's where the road game is going to be held as well as World Gym out there at the uh, Mall of the Mainland as well, 10,000 Emmett F. Lowry Expressway. Go out there and check it out. That's where the road game is going to be held. You might want to get uh, ahead of the game. You might want to get in there and say, man, let me try to practice something. Even <laughs> though you don't know what's going on, you might want to try to practice something uh, because, guys, it, it, it is not going to be uh, a fantasy. This is going to be a reality. Oh, oh, yes. There we go. Look at that, man. Wait, hey, book. I've said this for a long time. That reality wrestling, we got the best wrestling fans out there. Um, support of the Row Nation. We love them. The Hall of Famers. We love everybody who so sits here and supports Hall of Fame. And every so often, um, we get, you know, somebody who wants to do something special for the Hall of Fame. Right? Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, maybe. Maybe? Okay. So I got something in the mail today. Right? Sent, sent to my office. And I just want to say it's from EJC Art. Um, and he, he sent a message that said, I love the flow you and Booker have. I'm always laughing in tears and being up to date with current events happening. Much love to you. Thank you so much. Said some other things there. And then he sent three things in the mail. So you know where I'm going with this or oh, no? no? Okay. No. So I wanted to share them with you live to get a live reaction. One of them I don't have with me, but the things that concern you, I do. He sent some hand-drawn pastel artwork okay. um, already in a frame for you and the lovely Queen Charmel. So here's the okay. first one here. Look at this. This is beautiful. Wow. I don't, know if, I don't know if you can see that. Yes, I can see that perfectly. That's unbelievable. Beautiful, right? And you can even tell if you get real close in it, the crown kind of shines. Yeah. I'm, you I'm see? Real, I like that. Yeah. Beautiful. And he sent a second one here as well of you and the queen. Another one. Awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. Beautiful pieces of art. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Drawn by hand. So I'm going to drop these off to you later on. But I just want to give him a shout out. Um, and he did, a, he did a photo of me and my wife as well. And that's awesome. just, and he just talked about how much he loves the Hall of Fame. And how he's always laughing and enjoys it. Best part of his week. You that's know? what the Hall of Fame is all about. I mean, I always say, if you ain't laughing, man, um, you're missing out. Uh, you, you better be laughing before that that final countdown, man, because you, you, you just don't, you never know. You never know. And I always say, I'm going to be laughing um, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what, what ails me. Uh, um, I might be crying 
but I'm going to be laughing at the same time. Uh, I'm serious. You know, that's just, that's, that's just the way I, I handle life. That's why I've dealt with life. No matter what situations I've been in, I've always been able to laugh no matter what. Stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. And it's Booker T, six-time world champion, my man Brad Gilmore for Manscaped. The performance package 5.0 Ultra is here. And let me tell you, it's got futuristic tendencies included in this bundle, guys. Brand new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, the weed whacker. 2.0 ear and nose and hair trimmer and essentials aftercare products like the crop soother, the ball aftershave lotion, and the crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, and two free gifts. Oh, yes. That's right, Book. Their fifth-generation lawnmower features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. And did I mention? It's waterproof, too. Manscaped, they did us a favor, Book. All the listeners of the Hall of Fame, and they threw in two free gifts, the Boxers 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. Resolutions may come and go, but a well-groomed you is here to stay with Manscaped's latest and greatest. Yeah, and start the new year off right, because when you look good, you feel good. Manscaped help you sculpt the best version of yourself for the year ahead. New year and new you and definitely a new trimmer. Manscaped, you got your grooming resolutions covered. Guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Booker at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code Booker. Happy New Year to your ball. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, man. Um, talking about road games going down April 20th, guys. You can sign up right now to be a part of something like that. Um, the winner, male and female, will win the grand prize of $5,000. I'm going to go into the account as well as a few prizes as well um, to, to boot uh, to go with that. So, guys, go ahead and sign up right now. Go to realityofwrestling.com. Do it. Do it now. I'd do it for you. <laughs> it's coming, man. Road games kicking off right after WrestleMania. Um, you know, it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great time. WrestleMania's heating up too, Book. Uh, did you get a chance to see any of the elimination chamber? I know it was real early in the morning. It started at four yeah, o'clock in the morning. It was real early. I didn't get a chance to catch it any of it live or anything like that. I saw, you know, Drew McIntyre, you know, um, you know, winning a chamber and whatnot. Um, you know, and it was only fitting. It was only fitting uh, for 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 him to actually, you know, win it. Um and, and and move on. He's put in so much work. Um, Drew McIntyre's put in so much work since his um, departure from WWE and then his return to WWE and then finding himself winning the um, championship in the pandemic era where there was no fans or anything like that. But Drew McIntyre, not one day did he did he phone it in or anything like that. He came to work every week and went out there before in front of zero uh, fans, and he did it. Um, in grand fashion, I said it was a few guys throughout that pandemic era that really was able to make themselves in that moment. And I think Drew McIntyre was one of those guys. He absolutely was one of those guys. I mean, I remember um, it was the Royal Rumble here in Houston. He wins the Rumble. Um, and then 
whatever it was a month later, the whole you know universe gets shut down. And he held the title. But the thing that's interesting right now about Drew is his in-ring work's never been an issue. I mean, he's since he's been back and even before that, he's always been great in-ring. But he has, I think, never been more entertaining than these last couple of months. I mean, he has me cracking up laughing. I mean, you, did, you saw the CM Punk shirt that he had, um, where it yeah. had CM Punk's grave of his WrestleMania thing. And the, everything that he's saying on the microphone, it's the most charismatic and entertaining he's been. And I'm loving seeing him flourish in this spot. And him versus Seth, that's a great match for WrestleMania for the world title. And you know what? I, I hope he goes out there and, and gets the job done. I hope they put the title put the title think, on him, man. You know, what, I, you know what? I hope they put the title on him, too. I mean, nothing against Seth. You know, but Seth has had a, you know, he's had an okay run. You know, but it's nothing been, you know, like standout um, as far as Seth is running. And like I said, it's not hadn't been a bad run or anything like that. But um, I do think it's time for Drew McIntyre to get back in that position. I don't think, I don't, I, I really, I really don't think we would have put Drew McIntyre in such a position where he had to work so hard to get back to it to win a match like the Elimination Chamber to go on to not win it. So that's just my thing. I hope, I hope to see Drew. I, and I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Drew McIntyre as well. Let's just say that. Oh no, he's one of the best, man. He's one of the best out there right now. Now. Another person you're a fan of at the Elimination Chamber, who I think had a coming out party of sorts on a very main main level, um, mainstream level, is Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany stole that show in the Women's Royal Rumble. Congratulations to Becky Wright called to have her go out there and um, win the match and have her and Rhea. I love that. I love that matchup for them. But Tiffany Stratton, man, that she <laughs> she set the world on fire at the Elimination Chamber. I mean, the whole uh, 50,000 plus was chanting Tiffy time, not only during her match, even during the men's elimination chamber. They started chanting yeah. Tiffy time. Um, yeah. She went out there and rocked she blamed, it. She blamed the, the fans for losing. <laughs> losing. Y'all's which, fault. Is which is great. You know, but nah, man, uh, Tiffany Stratton, I mean, I, I, how much praise um, have I given Tiffany Stratton um, over oh, yeah. this, last, this last year? I mean, so she, she's grown right before my very eyes. And to see her in that position, you know, it's it's great. It's great to see her in that position. But I said Tiffany was one that was sitting under the learning tree. At, I mean, not just my learning tree. I'm talking about the learning tree of NXT, you know, Sean and, you know, Matt Bloom and all, all the trainers down there. Um, she was sitting under that learning tree and she was getting that knowledge. Um, I, I felt like, you know, maybe three, four months, uh, maybe six months um, prior, um, Tiffany Stratton could have, went to the main roster, but I, I saw an interview that she had did. And she said, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, and you know, uh, I'm rushing to get to the main roster or anything like that. I'm just going to just soak up all the knowledge I can. So when I do get to the main roster, I'll be 100% ready for it. I'm paraphrasing, but um, she has gotten to that position and she is ready for that position. She could work with anybody in the world and you can believe um, who's going to, who's going to, who, who wins that match and who loses that match it's not gonna matter she can compete with anybody in the world she's just that good and she's only she's only a couple of, just think about it she's only a couple of years into the business it's insane that is so you know uh uncanny that is so extraordinary for somebody like her to be that young in this business that can go out there and work truly with the best of them from a psychology standpoint i give her a lot of credit learning this business yeah because i know she's got what like, it was a gym like a gymnastics background i believe 
Yeah. And, um, you know, competing in athletics is a great start. But as you've said a lot of the times, you didn't compete in, in professionals or, you know, amateur sports uh, coming up in school or anything like that. But you were able to, to cling to this art form. Some people who have that athletic background, in my opinion, a lot of the times don't pan out because they don't get the other side of it, right? I think it's rare that you see somebody like a Tiffany or a Kurt or a Brock or a uh, uh, Rhonda or whomever, right, who gets the both sides of it. Well, I, I can say this, especially someone who didn't grow up on it. Yeah. Someone who didn't, didn't you know, know about it. Exactly. That was totally, that's totally a, a, a foreign world. Tiffany is in a total foreign world. This is not something that she grew up on. You, you ask Tiffany, who was my favorite wrestler when you were a kid? Who's your favorite wrestler when you were a kid? <laughs> you know, she might say Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who was it? Who was it on Tough Enough? You know what I'm saying? Who was that? Yeah. Who said their favorite match was Melina yeah. and Alicia Fox? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, but for her not to be from that world and to be um, someone that picked it up. See, for me, I wasn't from that world, but I watched it all the time. And I, and I was like, man, this is so awesome. I never imagined or dreamt in a million years that I could be one of those guys just because I thought it was something that was just unattainable um, for someone like myself, a skinny kid like myself. I just did not think that was my world at all, but I watched it as a kid and I always knew what it was. And I was always fascinated by professional wrestling. Unlike Tiffany Stratton, I don't think she came from that life, but for someone to get into it and, and say, man, I'm going to, um, you know, um, you know, be the best at this uh, is something that like I say, it's uncanny it's extraordinary. And I give her a whole hell of a lot of credit for being able to go out there, work within those stars and, and not look like she was out of place in any way, shape, or form. No, I mean, I saw talk on X that, you know, she was the MVP of, of the whole night you know, over there in Australia. So, I mean, that's a lot of praise for her, man. A lot of praise. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, when you make a, a big statement like that, you know what I mean? You, now, now the pressure's really on, right? Because that's what people are going to expect every time. I mean, yeah, but, you know, when you – when you are thrust into that position, especially a position that you want to be in, you want to be under that pressure. Right. You know, that that, that pressure actually makes you a whole lot better every time. Um, I know for me, um, I always talk about how I was white knuckled, sweaty palms every time I went out that curtain. But something about that nervous energy made me want to go out there and perform at my highest level. I did not want to make any mistakes when I went out there um, under those conditions, you know. So um, I think Tiffany Stratton is going to be okay because – it seems that she works better when she when she is under pressure and the bright lights are as bright as they possibly could be. So I don't think it's anything that's going to shake Tiffany Stratton as far as being, you know, that one that want to make it all the way to the tiffy, tiffy top, you know, so I love <laughs> it. Yeah, and, and that had to be the biggest crowd she wrestled in front of, right? I mean, 50 plus thousand. I, I don't, I can't imagine yeah, her yeah, yeah, being yeah. on a bigger stage than that ever. Yeah, yeah, but it seemed like she relishes it. You know, it seemed like, you know, it's something that she was she was born to do this. Um, and, and there are you know, a few that come along that that pick it up as as quickly and as, you know, um, as fast as she did. I mean, so I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just um, her want um, to just be the best or what. But her talent is undeniable. It really it really truly is. And um, anybody out there that's not on the uh, 
Tiffy, uh, Tiffy trained. They better jump on board. <laughs> they better get a ticket. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, man. They, um, they're saying that, you know, or people on the internet are saying that they would love to see Tiffany versus Bianca at the, at the grandest stage of the mall, WrestleMania 40. Um, what do you think about just that when you hear that? You know, man, um, uh, no, nah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not against anything like that. I mean, Tiffany has put herself in position to where she's become a star. She's a star. You know, when you're a star, you know, um, you know, people want to see you rise. They want to see, they want to see you in those big moments. Um, so yeah, man, you know, I'm, all, I'm 100%. I'm all in, man. You know, sign me up, man. You know, just get let me get a ticket because I'm I'm jumping on the train. All right, <laughs> I'm jumping on the train. I'm riding. I'm riding all the way. Seriously, but I know we got to take a break. We got to take a break, uh, guys. Um, you're in the Hall of Fame. Stick around. Stick around. We'll be back in a moment. Sucker! And this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about it. Let's talk about sex. Hey, you remember when you was always ready to go? I'm talking about strapping the rocket on it, man. Going straight to the moon. I'm talking about getting it done. If you want that extra confidence, I got something for you. Listen up. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost. But the great thing, Book, is you can take it any time, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, You'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, guys, it's all done online on the internet. So there's no doctor's visit, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at a pharmacy or any of that. And the thing is, book Blue Chew's tablets, they're made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so no one is the wiser. You know, let's just get it out there, guys. Blue Chew wants to help you. Have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. It's like this. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew absolutely free when you use promo code Booker at your checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping, man. That's BlueChew.com and use promo code and receive your first month absolutely free, man. Visit BlueChew.com use promo code Booker to receive your first month absolutely free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety the information and you know we want to thank blue chew for sponsoring the hall of fame podcast chew it and do it welcome back inside the hall of fame man um i know we probably got a few super chatters out there anything out there you want to talk about anything there is there is a couple things that i wanted to talk about man um few few uh videos that i saw just perusing the internet over these last couple of days that I kind of want to get your reaction to because they, uh, they mentioned your name, you know, you know, and that's, that's what I want to start with. You know, um, Man, I took the weekend off and I'm st- people still talking about me. <laughs> people still talking about you, man. And, um, there's a couple things I think I want to get to. Why don't we start with the light work first? When I say light, yeah. I mean the positive. Okay. We'll start Go with ahead. the positive first. This is a video that I saw. This was on, uh, Chris Van Vliet's show and he had on Kathy Kelly. 
You know Kathy Kelly from the WWE? Yeah, man, good people. I thought, yeah, I thought she was good people. I hope she ain't no, 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 no. So just like, just, you know, just wait. <laughs> but this was Kathy Kelly talking about her when she first started in the WWE and her first day and um, some advice she got. Like nothing can prepare you to be a backstage interviewer in the WWE. What was the advice that was given to you when you did it for the first time? I don't know that there was any specific advice there. Michael Cole and the rest of the crew were just under the impression that, oh, you've done this before. Even though I'd done it at a much smaller scale, Booker T, because he's one of the people that I did get the opportunity to sit with for a couple weeks before I did Mania, said, you're gonna have a lot of people who tell you a lot of things of what they think you should be doing, and you just have to trust that you know what's best. That was one of the best pieces of advice. I don't think I understood it at the time but now i take that to heart a lot i feel like Boom. nothing can prepare what do you think of that book Talk yeah man and you know what you know uh, you know that that goes back to my um my my introduction into the wwe myself <laughs> and i remember having you know one promoter telling me to do this i had one promoter telling me to do i mean the producer telling me to do this and one producer telling me to do that one producer telling me not to do that, you know, <laughs> and I go, wait a minute. I went to Vince McMahon and I go, Vince, I know I'm going to get fired um, doing it this way and this way and this way and not doing it that way. So I say, if you don't mind, let just let me go out and do it my way. And if I, if, if I don't bring in tickets, if I don't put butts in seats, just fire me. <laughs> and he said, okay, do your stuff. You know, so that was the same thing I, I told her, you know, it's going to be a lot of people telling you, you know, to, to, to do this. To, to do that, not to do this. Um, you just got to feel it um, because if you're trying to, you know, please everybody, you're never going to get the right, the, 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 the true right answer that you're looking for. And that is just going out there, trying to be natural, be yourself and just let it all hang out. And and, and the thing is, if, if that don't work out, somebody, they'll come and tell you, they'll tell you if, if, if that's not what they want. It's almost like me when I was doing it the African accent in TNA, you know what I mean? And, and I heard some people talking about it, they don't even know where it came from. It's like, what well, no one ever told me not to do it. So if you, if you tell me not to do it, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to let it all hang out. And I'm going to talk about defying. I'm going to make it, it's all about respect. I'm going to make, I'm just going to make up a bunch of stuff. So you better pull, you know, it's almost like I'm going to throw you out there. And I, if I need to, I'll pull you back. That's the advice for every young person that I'm working with. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, Kathy took it to heart. And, I appreciate um, her. I appreciate her. And she wanted to make sure that she got that out. But you know what? So I want to start off with something, you know, nice, easy, easy, to, uh, easy to digest. But I feel like we continue down that path, right? Um, uh, this is, um, this is uh, something from Jeff Jarrett on his show. There's a couple videos from Jeff. Um, but the first one is one that uh, was titled, What Booker T... Uh, meant to, if I can pull this up, my computer's freezing on me for a second. It's what Booker T meant to TNA is the name of this one. So I'm going to go ahead and share this. I want to get your reaction to uh, to this. This is what Booker T meant to TNA, according to uh, Jeff Jarrett. We've covered it. The main event mafia. Um, I, I, the main event mafia was the most successful faction uh, without question. The ratings, when those guys got together, and then we clearly drew a line in the sand against, you know, their opponents who were AJ Styles and, you know, we'll call them the, um, and we named them Frontline, the, the younger guys. Uh, and me and Mick were uh, compassionate with both sides. 
we were generationally in the main event mafia area era, but we also wanted to see the young guys up and coming, and all of that was reality based, uh, good, compelling TV. And Booker was very important. You you look at the five guys that were in the main event mafia. It, it goes without saying. I think Booker was frustrated. I think mentally where he was at in his career. He had been on the road so many years with WCW. Then, um, you know, the the turmoil on the end of his career at WCW, he became world heavyweight champion. But, you know, the business was tanking in so many ways that it wasn't his fault. Uh, but then, you know, he goes to WWF and Austin and has that run and everything that goes with all that. Um by the time he got to us, I can't say he's burnt out, but sometimes his head wasn't in the right place and he came to Orlando and when you've worked for really two companies uh, and, and super capitalized, TNA was an adjustment. I got it loud and clear. It was an adjustment for him and from a financial perspective, he was making less money than he had made in the two prior stops. So that's, that's hard. So that, that was some of his talk about you and, you know, you know, honestly, I, I can um, respectfully say that Jeff is, you know, almost like spot on. He's, he's a, he's a hundred percent. Right. You know, when I did the WCW run, I mean, those nine long years, you know, uh, WWE, I mean, I ran, you know, until the wheels pretty much fell off I, and I needed to get out. It was some, it was a time for me. I, I needed to get out. When I came to TNA, it, it was an adjustment, but it was an adjustment that I, I felt like I was ready to, uh, um, you, know, you know, partake. Uh, I just didn't think, um, there again, I, I talk about the structure in, in TNA, and the structure was totally different than working in a company like WWE. Um, did I, Was I burnt out? Um, I don't think I was burnt out, but, I, I, but the one thing that Jeff said about me being in, in TNA, I did get frustrated. Right. I, I can one hundred percent. I can one hundred percent say I got frustrated after a few months because I really did um, come to TNA um, with high expectations to to really, really help the young guys. I really, I really had it in my heart. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you can talk to any of those young guys, and they're gonna they they, they will back me up on that. Um, but I had a I had a a pretty good time um, my two years in TNA. Other than, you know, like I say, right there at the end, the tail end of it wasn't the greatest time in my career or anything like that. But I, I would never bash TNA for me having uh, a couple of bad months. <laughs> well, just not and, and, and I wanted to ask you this just to follow up on what he was saying. And, and the reason I thought we should we should play that. Um, and you hadn't heard that before, right? That clip. Oh, no, no. My first time. And, and the reason I thought that it was OK to play it, because you did talk about being in WWE at the time and coming off that King run and being at the beginning of the show and the middle of the show and the end of the show, working the dark match main event, doing the press, doing the on sales, doing this, doing that, and that you did reach a kind of a burnout period when you yeah, left there yeah. and needed yeah. to take a second. And and you've characterized at points TNA um, as somewhat of a vacation for you in, in the sense of comparative of the schedules. But you've also said a lot that you were frustrated with, you thought that there was something there something special in TNA and just not everything was lining up the proper way. Is that yeah, fair that, to say? 
that 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 as well as I've I've said that um, I felt like I could have worked a little bit harder. I've said that as well. But you do you really I mean? do you really think you could have worked harder in TNA? Just from because like what you did was so memorable. The main event mafia was so memorable. That clip of you beating up Consequences Creed is probably the most viewed thing in TNA history. I'm not joking, by the way, when I say that. Um, so I mean, what more could you have done? You helped Bobby, Samoa Joe, AJ. You put them all over clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I, I know I know in my heart I got to a point to where. I didn't care anymore. I just didn't care. I just came to work um, and, and I came to pick my check up. And I was always about doing the work, but it, it did get to a point there at the end to where I really, I got really, really frustrated. I really got frustrated just because I, I saw that company being in a position to where they could have done so much. I saw so much potential in TNA when I was there, so much. And um, to not see it all come to fruition um, it kind of, you know, I felt a certain way about it after a while, after a while, just because I, I didn't see everybody else, you know, uh, you know, thinking and maybe perhaps feeling the same way I did. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. I could be 100% wrong on that, but I do know I came in that to help it. And when I, when I saw the, the direction of it, as, as far as the structure of it, um, I was like, man, uh, I don't know how long this is going to last. And that's why it only lasted for two years. My contract was for two years. And, um, after two years, uh, my time was up, you know, and well, I will I, say, I will say I, this, <laughs> I know we got to take a break, but, but I want to say this because as frustrated as you might've been and other people in the company could have been at that time, uh, the fans were equally frustrated. We were frustrated because yeah. yeah. we saw so much in TNA and it just seemed like there was a lack of follow-through at that yeah, time. I feel, I, feel, I feel the same way. I feel the same yeah. way. Stick around, guys. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. Boom. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, man. What else you got for me, man? What else you got? What else you got for me? <laughs> Why not? Now I'm worried that you might want to run up on Jarrett the next time you see oh, him. Oh, man. man. I get, man, me and Jarrett, we, uh, we close, man. We tight. Me and Jeff, we got a lot of respect for each other more than anything. Unlike a lot of guys in this business, Jeff Jarrett has always been a man of his word, a man of integrity, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for Jeff Jarrett. I would love to get Jeff. Uh, we've had Jeff on the show before, but I'd love to get Jeff back on the show because I, I think that, you know, just the – I think that people don't realize he's been either a fly on the wall or a part of so much in wrestling history. Like, you can't write – you can't write the story of pro wrestling without talking about the Jarrett family. You know, Jerry Jarrett and along with, with Jeff and what, what they were able to do for that territory. But there is another thing from Jeff Jarrett. I'm, I promise you I'm not trying to get – Jeff, I'm not trying to get you any heat. All right? But there is another thing from Jeff. This was a video that first caught my eye. And it said that Jeff Jarrett gets into it with Booker T. Now, does that – you know what? Let me play the clip. I was going to ask you if, if it rings any bells. But let me play the clip. All right. All right. Let me play the clip. This is from uh, Jeff Jarrett's podcast again, uh, My World, which is also on Podcast Heat. Shout out to um, to Conrad and all them. This is uh, Jeff Jarrett being asked about a report that you and he got into it at a TNA taping, and uh, Jarrett was known for something, and you were known for something. But here, here's a clip. <laughs> I mean, when you kind of read that entire paragraph, um, it's 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 partly cloudy or it's kind of partly sunny. I think there's a chance of rain, but there's also a chance of sunshine. I mean, it's Jarrett micromanaging, but Booker's known to throw some star fits and 
they had an argument, but they made up after it was over. I don't have any recollection of me and Booker having, I'll call it a personal argument, disagreement, having words in our entire career. Is Booker, has Booker ever been, and I, don't, I hate to use the word afraid, but he's, he, I just, that's not our relationship. He would come up to me, not just about his stuff on any, anybody's stuff. Hey, Jeff, I got, can I have a word with you? Let's talk about this. Hey, man, why don't we do this, this, and this, and this? I always sh showed him the respect and heard it out, and he's creative. He cares. He's He, he had passion. I think once he got to TNA and was there long enough, I think the realities that we weren't the WWE, and I think sometimes Booker came to work, and, and, and uh, look, he always did what we asked, and he worked hard, but I think the bloom was off, and I think he was ready to go when it was time to go. Um, but but Booker's a passionate guy, and to this day, he will, in a positive way, light somebody up with his opinion, but in his, his reason for doing that is he wants a better product. He loves wrestling, period. He's grown. You know, look at reality wrestling. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it is a force. What is it? Almost a million YouTube subscribers and everything that goes with it. That to me is a testament that Booker is invested in the business in, in, in more ways than just wanting to be Booker T. He's always been that way. He wants to dive into the business totally. All right. Well, there you go. There's another clip there from Jeff. I Jarrett. appreciate Jeff Jarrett giving reality wrestling some some props and some praise i appreciate that me too yeah, right there, that goes a long way for me uh, uh but no nah, jeff just 100 we've never had a personal beef we've never had a personal argument where him and i was you know barking at each other back and forth i remember one time this could be the incident that, that they're referring to um but it wasn't jeff and i getting into it jeff was micromanaging jeff was running the company and and um I remember, I don't know if it was main event mafia. We were in the room and we was going over some stuff. And it was getting close to showtime. Show was getting ready to start. And it was almost time for us. To, I don't know, maybe time to go out. And Jeff came in and said, guys, y'all got to wrap this up. We got to get it going. I'm like, Jeff, hold on. We trying to get this stuff right. You know, if that's the argument, <laughs> me trying to make sure we get it right. Because I want my segment to look a certain way when we go on television. Uh, you know, people can, uh, there again interpret something any way they want to um, and they can make it anything that they want um, these days just like someone just tried to make <laughs> Jeff and I into uh, you know you know mortal en enemies from back <laughs> in the day seriously so now none of that is true as far as Jeff and I ever getting into any kind of beefs uh, from a business perspective or from a personal perspective business perspective I'm always going to be anti anti crucial um and critical of the way something looks if i'm a part of the segment that's just me being that's me micromanaging you know um what i do well i mean yeah i think the report came from uh wade keller at the pw torch if if, if that's correct i um, mean what where would he get that information from oh yeah who knows where do any of these people get information I mean, from? what would wade keller get some information from me and jeff jared having a beef in tna that jeff doesn't know about and i don't know about <laughs> I want to know where are these guys, you know, getting their information from. Who are their sources? Because that oh, is a, a blatant lie. Yeah, 
I'm, okay. I, I, I was checking. I'm pretty sure he said Wade Keller there at the beginning. Wade Keller, PW Torch. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and where's the... Here's the thing. <laughs> this is the one that got me, though, that made me laugh about that whole thing. A couple things. Okay, anybody... And this isn't, this isn't me just saying this because it's this is just me saying something that's true. Anybody who's ever met you or ever worked with you in anything, whether it be in the radio station, the podcast network, reality wrestling, WWE, WCW, wherever, they'll, no one will ever characterize you as ever being somebody to throw star fits. <laughs> that one popped me. Because I'm like, whoever fed this information to this reporter obviously has a beef with Booker. If they're going to call him throwing star fit. I've never never thrown a star fit. I don't don't even know. I don't even know that. What that is. What that means, I swear. I mean, what what does having a star fit mean? Just start crying and throwing stuff and acting a fool or what? I'm trying to figure that out because me, if I got something to say to somebody, I'm not going to be coy. I'm not going to be shy about it. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's going to be this. And the thing is, I've never been a kiss ass or anything like that. That's not on my resume, on my resume. Uh, me being passive, that's not on my resume. So, so guys, uh, for me, if I got something to say to you, I don't know. You might have heard rumor and innuendo about Booker T, but I'm going to tell you right now, anybody that knows me knows if there's anybody in the room that's going to say something, it's me every time, <laughs> no matter what. It, was, it used to be a thing, you know, we used to have meetings um, in WWE, you know, um, because every meeting, I almost would raise my hand almost every time. Really? And uh, if I didn't raise my hand, people was wondering what was wrong with me. You know what I mean? Because I was always questioning everything that went down every time, no matter what it was, just because that's just the type of person I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that you raised your meet, your hand in every meeting, but I have been. Every, in, every meeting. I have been in meetings with you to where... <laughs> You said some of the funniest things I've ever heard in a bit. Can I tell? tell can I tell a story about when we had a, a meeting at the old radio station? Can I tell yeah, this? Okay. Right, yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm going to say, but it's one of the funniest things ever. So I mean, we're we're at this other place and we're talking about the show and how we can grow the show and things like this. And there's there's new there's <laughs> I know what you <laughs> there's new blood in there. So we're talking we're talking about it. And, um, and, and, um, we're talking to the executives. We're talking to the executives. We're not talking just anybody. We're talking to the executives and, you know, we're just, you know, pitching some ideas or something. And and the idea of a billboard comes up. Right. And then, um, I don't know if this is what you were thinking, but this is what I'm thinking. The, the idea of a billboard comes up yeah. and, and then the guy goes, well, your book, I just can't put you on a billboard. I got to put the, the midday guys and the morning guys on the billboard. And Booker goes, have you seen those guys? Have you seen those guys? They're bums. <laughs> you see how they dress? You can't put that on a billboard. That'll make people turn the station off. <laughs> and, I, and wait the funny thing is he's not saying any lies <laughs> and i love all those guys who were there at the time they know they dress bad <laughs> they know it they know they dress bad but it was so funny it was so funny man and, I, and i'm sitting there we're oh, in with man. the execs 
and I'm trying to bite my lip and bite my cheek so I don't bust out into laughter. But 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 then you know what the guy said? Well, that's true. That's true, Booker. But um, you know, <laughs> he's like, I know. <laughs> they dress like bombs. <laughs> I did have a star fit. That's not a star fit. That was the truth. It was the truth. Uh, I mean, Is I mean, that I'm what you thought talking, I was going to say? I did. Okay. That's exactly what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> Man, what are you thinking? <laughs> we're talking about us here. We're not talking about some other guys. <laughs> Man, you're in the Hall of Fame, guys. Stick around. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Can you dig it? Do it. Oh, yeah, bad. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame. <laughs> We're back, man. I'm loving it. Oh, yes. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> you, got any, you got anything else? Anything else? <laughs> you popping up stuff on me today. Uh, I know. I'm throwing stuff at you that you weren't that you didn't I'm see. Saying, we didn't no, talk about any of that before. I wasn't ready for any of this stuff. But uh, like I say, I appreciate my man, Jeff Jarrett. Um, nothing but respect for Jeff Jarrett. Um, no matter what anybody say, um, they can make up all kind of rumor and innuendo. When I see Jeff Jarrett again, I'm going to give him a big hug and, and thank him for what he did for me because I always talk about Jeff Jarrett being such a professional. Tonight I won my first World Heavyweight Championship, and Jeff has said it on record. His most proudest moment, his most proudest moment was going out there and laying down for me um, that night. And um, I appreciate that dude, man. Much love, Jeff Jarrett. Much love. Yeah. No, no, it's great, man. And um. And and again, that that last story we told in the last part of the break, that was not an example of a star fit. That was an example of the ninety nine hundred percent rule. No, ninety nine percent you speak, you know, keep your mouth shut. One hundred percent you speak up. One hundred percent of the time, you might get fired. You might get fired, uh, but but you gotta you gotta let it out. And my thing is, you know, hey, I'm not gonna just say something that I don't I don't believe. That day, I was so adamant about you know because. Damn it, we should have got our own billboard. Yeah, no, I agree. We should, we should, we should have had our own billboard. Uh, that's how much work we were doing. And that's why we're here today. Here Look today. at this, man. That's what we got. Come on, man. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Come on. I got one more thing to add to that. Because <laughs> the best part, actually, of it, Booker goes on this, uh, uh, I mean, this beautiful, articulate, eloquent, you know, uh, 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 dissertation, right, on, on why... Um, this is a great idea, and all the th and that wasn't the only thing that was talked about. There was a lot that was talked about, right? And you're talking about all this stuff, and then um, and you're very passionate about it in a great way. And then you go, "Yo, Brad, you got anything you want to add?" And I'm like, uh, "No, I think you covered it, book. I think you got it. You nailed it." You know what? That's why I let you do all the talking now. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, I'm just Brad start talking first. If I gotta say anything, I'll say it. That's why I let you do the talking now. We're making all these That's Probably why we got all these sponsors. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Um, we do have some, we do have some super chats, but I, I, uh, I, and again, I don't mean to bring the, the moment down or anything, but some news just came in <clears throat> that I was able to to look up, and it was super chatted in. And so I'll, I'll go ahead and read the super chat here. This comes from Alex Cosentino. Said, "Rest in peace to Oli Anderson." Ole Anderson passed away today. Um, I don't know any more details than that. 
And again, I know uh, this happening live in real time. Um, a book that you worked with only in the in your a lot in WCW, right? Yeah, Oli was the uh, first guy I worked for when I came to WCW. He uh, he was a stern dude, man. Uh, I, I didn't have a uh, you know um, you know relationship with Oli Anderson or anything like that. I worked for I worked for him. Yeah, um, I heard the stories about Oli. Uh, I remember you know one story I can tell you about Oli Anderson is uh, when we first came into WCW, my brother and I, and uh, we was doing the um, Kane and Cole uh, convict gimmick, right? Right. We went out to the ring where we were like two prisoners. And, oh my goodness! And um, yeah, it was it was crazy. I don't know. I don't know if you ever heard about that. But oh, I've but, seen uh, it. Yeah. But, but um, I remember all, all the backlash um, that came from that, right? And, and uh, rightfully remember, so. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Oli Anderson calling us in, into the office, and he goes. Well, you know, I should send your asses back to Texas, <laughs> but you can work. <laughs> but can you draw money? <laughs> that's the question. We can we, we just give us a chance. <laughs> and that's when Hall of Heat was created. Uh, he didn't send us back to Texas. He gave us a chance. And uh, Ole Anderson was, was always, even, I'm going to tell you right now, even with the character that we came into WCW with, I don't know if that was Ole Anderson's idea. I don't know who idea, who's, whose idea that was. But I can tell you this. Ole Anderson was always about bringing a black man up in this business and putting a black man in a spot. Wow, you, right. I, I don't care what people say about Ole Anderson from going back to days when he ran Mid-South Wrestling here in Houston. I remember the guys who was on top, that the brothers who was on top, that was really, really making a big, big difference. You know, uh, so uh, I hear, I've heard the stories about, you know, Ole leaving, I mean, um, JYD leaving the territory and how Ole was, you know, upset about it, you know, stuff like that. So my thing is, um, I can I can only say, man, rest in peace, Ole Anderson. He was one of the greatest, truly one of the greatest, if not the greatest faction in the history of our business, the Four Horsemen. Um, I don't think it'd be a faction without that one faction that really made factions cool. Um, and I could I could I could just say, rest in peace, Ole Anderson, and my condolences is with you and your family. Yeah, this is uh, coming from online. Uh, Ole Anderson passed away at the age of 81. He was a founding member of the Four Horsemen alongside Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon. He held NWA titles across multiple promotions and territories, began his career in 1967, and retired. Years old, man. Yeah, and retired in 1990. Long being an in-ring competitor, he was also a booker. He wrote Inside Out, How Corporate America Destroyed Professional Wrestling. Um, and Ricky Morton was the one to break the news. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, only a little bit more, um, a little bit ahead of, of me, you know, in the generation kind of prior. And he had stopped wrestling before I was even around. And so, um, but, but, but I've gone back and I've seen the Four Horsemen and the Andersons, you know, work together. And, of course, um, you, you hear his name in so many stories from Jim Crockett promotions especially. You know, I, I, I sometimes, I, well, maybe it would be okay to, to – Refer to him as I've seen, kind of felt like he was somewhat polarizing for certain people. 
Certain people felt one way about him. Certain people felt another. But I, 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 I can I I say that, yeah. Yeah, but I guess that probably also comes with running the territory and having a say. But I, tell you, I mean, he was, uh, as far as a wrestler goes, I don't think they're, one of the most underrated tag teams is the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, man, Ole and Owen Anderson, if, if the young guys these days that, that really want to do tag team wrestling, if they really want to study tag team wrestling, you got to go back and watch the Minnesota Wrecking Crew because those guys in the NWA, for me, as a young person watching professional wrestling, nobody made it more real than Ole and Orrin Anderson every Saturday night. Nobody made it. I'm talking about from every singles wrestler on the card to every tag team wrestler on the card. Nobody made it as real to me than Ole and Orrin Anderson. It was that great as a tag team, truly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about Road Warriors. I'm talking about Harlem Heat. I'm talking about Doom. I'm talking about all of us. That team was the real deal. What do you think stood out? I mean, why, why do you feel like they Nothing stood out? Special. Nothing special. But when, you, when it came to somebody actually really feeling like somebody was being brutalized inside that square circle, some of the stuff that Ole and Orrin did as a tag team, it looked like it hurt so bad to the guy that was taking it. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't know how it felt for a lot of those guys, but I could tell you it from a from a person looking at it, it felt as real as it possibly could be for me. I talk about you know Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, Phantom of the Opera, and how when you go you know watch that one of those plays on Broadway, it comes alive and it makes you feel like man, this is something something special. And when you watch those two guys, they made you feel what was happening in that ring and you did not want to be a part of it. You did not want to walk up on these guys in a bar and ask them some stupid question or anything like that. Those guys, Ole and Orrin Anderson, truly one of the greatest tag teams that ever lived. Yeah, rest in peace to um, to Ole Anderson, you know, there. And, then, and that was probably an era in wrestling, like you said, to where, um, you know, if you jaw jacked with a fan, or if a fan was jaw jacking with you, right? Um, and and they were Oli, and Oli got in their face. They probably got it. They <laughs> they probably reconsidered real quick. Oli was a big dude, you know. Yeah. He was he wasn't a small dude. Oli was thick, man. He was like a big oak tree, you know. What I mean, wasn't like jacked up, muscled up, or anything like that. But he was so freaking big, and um, he looked like he could hurt, really, really hurt you. And and, and certain guys. The way they do their work in the ring, you could tell that they can handle themselves. Ole Anderson, Orrin Anderson, you could tell those guys could handle themselves if they had to. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like I say, truly uh, truly one of the greats, man. I'm, I'm sure he'll be missed um, you know, no matter what. You know, no matter what, he, he will be missed. Yeah, so rest in peace to, to Ole Anderson at 81 yeah. years of age. Um, you know, he's... he's um, he has passed on in our condolences with him and his family, but I think we have to take a break here, Book. Stick around, guys. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame. Where we at, man? Where we at? Man, we're, we're all over the place, and I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on in the chat because every I don't. somebody must have said something on some show because <laughs> all the chat has been is talking about Red Bull today. So somebody must be talking about Red Bull. I don't know what's going on. Somebody's talking about it. Somebody's putting that back in the atmosphere. The um the old story 
of uh, of Booker. T. I'm assuming that's what it is because everyone keeps asking you where's the Red Bull. So I'm assuming somebody's told the story today or, or somewhere. <laughs> I don't know why. Somebody t- clue me in. Hey man, you know what? My Red Bull stories, man, they're legendary. <laughs> they're legendary. Yeah. Um, I remember one time. I remember one time. Uh, <laughs> I remember one time. There's this MMA guy in the building. I can't remember his name. Tom. Um, something, Tom, something, and he was a friend of Sabu's. And it's, um, uh, and it's, it's not a uh, uh, a shot at Sabu or anything like that, because Sabu and I we're we're tight. You know, I like Sabu, uh, but this guy was actually visiting uh, on Sabu, and he was in the locker room. And in, in the locker room, we had a big, big cooler, right? And and the cooler got literally 150 waters in it. In, in two Red Bulls, okay? <laughs> two Red Bulls, 150 waters. And this guy's a visitor in the locker room. He's in the locker room. He's a visitor. His name Tom Tom Howard, I think his name was. And uh, and I walk up, and and, and, I, and he's talking to Sabu, and I, and, <laughs> and I see he's drinking a Red Bull. And I look in the cooler, and there's only one Red Bull in there now. And I look at this guy. I go... Who are you? And he goes, I'm such and such. I say, what are you doing in this locker room? And, and, and furthermore, why are you drinking that damn Red Bull? You know, you know, it was in the cooler. I got it from the cooler. And he goes, I said, I said, well, bro, that's my Red Bull. All right. And you don't, and you shouldn't even be in the locker room. So he goes in to uh, take his wallet out and pay me for the Red Bull. So I just knock everything out of his head, the Red Bull and his wallet and everything. This guy's an MMA fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So you need to get out of here right now. You need to bounce, you know, out of this locker room right now. All right. And he starts walking out of the locker room and I was so mad. I went, no, no, you gotta leave the building. And I walked him all the way to the back door and kicked him out of the building. <laughs> Enough said. Don't mess was, with the Red Bull, man. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was furious. Because it seemed like that would be common sense. It's two Red Bull in the cooler. There's 150 waters. But but you, a visitor, think first to drink the Red Bull. Oh, God, I was so mad. You know, oh, I'm sure you wanted to kill it's one of my Red, It's just one of my Red Bull stories. <laughs> There's many. There's many. Red Bull, holler at us. We, have, we, we can do a great sponsorship. Um, we have, we have some super chats. Are you ready to get to them? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. Our first one is coming in here from baddest son. Super chat. Baddest son says Booker T versus Michael Jackson versus Mel Phillips. Who y'all got? (laughs) Okay. Mel Phillips. Wasn't he a football player? Like from way, 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 way. Mel Phillips. Or am I, I thinking even, of somebody else? I, don't, I, thought he, I thought he was maybe thinking about Michael Phelps or something, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Mel Phillips. Mel Phillips. It's how some play for the San Francisco 49ers. 12-year career for okay. the 49ers. What did he do? I mean, who did he beat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even understand the question. <laughs> I don't even understand the question. Thanks Sorry, for the super chat. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. I don't even understand the question. Um, uh, Loso Dolo, thoughts on O'Shea Jackson's uh, Ice Cube's son comments on AEW. Did you see O'Shea Jackson Jr. did an interview with Van Vliet? You know, I, I saw him, but I, I, I didn't hear the uh, comment. What's the comment? What's the comment? Um, so he essentially said something. Maybe I can pull it up here. 
He essentially said something about, you know, AEW and not, maybe, is there a clip? I actually have a clip. Can we go to the clip? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, that way we can put this in context. I don't want to misquote him here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so this is O'Shea Jackson Jr. on Chris Van Vliet's show. Hopefully we can hear If this. I'm watching someone on AEW and I ask, who is this guy? I don't need you to tell me I'm not a real wrestling fan, to tell me how could you not know such and such who did, uh, who gives a damn. Like, I, <laughs> I need you, all right, inform me, bro, or at least have your programming in a way to let people know why you should love this dude, why you should fuck with this guy. That's something that Edit I feel that, like yeah. is missing. When you, Conan, when I was on his podcast, he brought up, when you watch UFC, and they give you a little backstory about this dude, backstory about that dude, uh, what this guy's had to go through, what he's done, and vice versa. And then they put him in the room, and they cuss each other out. And then by watching those videos, you've picked a side yes. of who you're with that's missing yeah. from that. Okay. So that's kind of uh, what I get it. No, no, no. You and, know what? And I think Tony he, responded to him. And, Tony uh, Khan, what did Tony say? What did uh, Tony say? Tony Please, Khan. I got to see it. <laughs> Tony Khan said... Uh, uh, Tony Khan said, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, you might uh, check out and you might enjoy checking out new experiences plus entire worlds of international graps out there. I think learning about them is fun. All wrestling is awesome. I hope you enjoy whatever you like. Plus, maybe one day you'll be interested in wider circles. This dude just need to shut the hell up. <laughs> that's what he needs to do. I, I've been on this guy's side for a long time and just tried not to. I mean, that's a comment um, that he should take from a constructive perspective. That's uh, what it, O'Shea it, was actually it, making a great point. I think that's what O'Shea was saying. He was making a great point because I've been in the business over 30 years. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you right now, Tony Khan can, can, can um, you know, respond to this if he wants to. Okay. But I've been in the business over 30 years and I just saw Daniel Bryan work a guy um, just last week, Japanese guy. And I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't know who the guy was at all. Now, am I, you know, misinformed about wrestling? No, I'm misinformed about Japanese wrestling because that's not something that I watch on a regular basis. So if, uh, if I'm watching this guy, maybe it's a, you know, it might be a reason for me to watch him if you make me, you know, want to tune in to watch him. You know, I think that's what O'Shea is saying more than anything. And, and for, for him to come back with any kind of tweet other than to think in his mind, okay, that's a that's pretty, you know, I, I could take that and, and, and digest it and say, you know, maybe he's right. Because you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop. You gotta stop trying to think about being the smartest person in the room. All right, you got. You can't do that, especially with what's going on today. And, and OJ Jackson, like I said, he just may be a, a fan who just may be flipping the channels, but he's a guy that's been watching wrestling, you know, since he was a kid. And normally, you know who the guys are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what, no matter what uh, wrestling he's watching here in the states, you know. So I think Tony Khan totally missed the boat on that right there. Totally missed the boat. Yeah, that's, I mean, constructive, that's constructive criticism. That's what that is. It was a great point. And the UFC is really good about doing that because most UFC fighters people haven't heard of, you know, who's just turning on the show. And uh, when they do those video packages, you're like, oh, this guy was in the military. He overcame a disease or he, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden you find out, yeah, I'm rooting for this guy and you don't even know who he is. 
Um, yeah. Can I also point out one other thing? And this isn't just an attack at Tony Khan. I promise it's not. It's it, anybody who calls wrestling graps. <laughs> I, I hate that so much. I hate when they well, call it like graps. Like I say, bro, just, it, it's, like I say, it's something that shouldn't. I mean, for him to even be watching, you know, an uh, interview that Chris Van Vliet and caring about what, uh, you know, that interview that much to where he has to comment on it, listen to it, and then comment on it just because it was something said about AEW which wasn't negative at all. It was just saying, man, I need to be more informed because maybe I want to watch it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, well, that's what he's saying. He's saying, and don't people don't. And that's the other thing. Somebody might not know who somebody is. It's okay. You know, just be like, Oh, this guy wrestled in Japan for 10 years or whatever. And he was a big champion or, or, well, I, can Mexico right or I can tell you, I can tell you right now, you're not going to turn on WWE TV and not know who the guy are. Excuse, excuse me. Not know who the guy is. Mm -hmm. All right, let me rephrase that because I saw somebody on Twitter messing with my grammar. You know what I mean? So <laughs> tell me them to go sure. to hell. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I gotta make sure I say stuff like that. So, graps. So. <laughs> you like that word? You like that word for pro wrestling? Graps? Not, not really. Not really at all. <laughs> I don't like uh, it at a, all. That's a new term. But no, nah, man, I think um, O'Shea made a great point. Um, it wasn't a negative point or anything like that. Uh, and I think that's what's missing, perhaps. In AEW, it's a lot of guys that's wrestling, but a lot of guys aren't being, you know, um, becoming household names. But I could tell you one person becoming a household name, and that's the bounty hunter, Brian Keith. Woo, love him. Everybody, everybody know the bounty hunter. Everybody, yeah. I mean, that right, you don't even have to know his name. You just know the bounty hunter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know what? I was they got a good I was shirt. listening to Conan and Disco talk. They didn't know who what his name was, They but they knew the bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that's one person, damn it, that's getting over in AEW, and uh, I give him a lot of props. Hell of a T-shirt they put out for him too. I love yeah, the Brian yeah. Keith T-shirts. You know, we got to rep him, got to support. But um, we have a, a slew more of super chats to get through. But Go I think ahead. we got to do them on the other side of the break. We still got like one minute, don't we? I got, I know, I got break time. Okay, all right. Well, guys, we got a break. Stick around. <laughs> you in the Hall of Fame? We'll be back in a minute. Boom! We're back, guys. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame. It's going to be a speed round. Speed round. Uh, super chats. Let's do it, man. Let's roll. All right. This comes from our man, Kai Tonell. Uh, what does Nia Jax have to do to get on top? She's been her this whole time, but can't get a legit title run. Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, Bianca all have back, all get back title runs. Nia should have been next. Main evented a, a show with the Elimination Chamber. Rhea Ripley, 50,000 strong, came up short. Best match Best match I think I've ever seen in Nijak. She brought it, man. She brought it on um, Saturday morning <laughs> here in the States. She killed it, man. And I didn't know she was born. I think someone said she was born in Australia. Nijax was. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, you know, question, what, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for Nijax to finally get in that spot? You know, and, uh, you know, I, I honestly thought Nijax would have been in that spot Many, many moons ago, honestly, before she ever left and came back, I thought Nia Jax was, you know, prime for that spot. Um, but, you know, uh, everybody's road to the um, championship is a little bit different. Some are a little bit bumpier than others. And um, Nia Jax has definitely been on that bumpy road to becoming champion. I do know this. Uh, I, I say this about Nia Jax. I say, once you put the title on it, it's going to almost be impossible to take it off of her. So you, you're definitely going to be booking yourself in a corner when you put the title on Nia Jax. Not that you can't just, 
you know, um, beat her or, or anything like that. But she's such an incredible force, you know. Um, and they say once you get the title, it makes you that much better, you know. So for me, uh, I don't know. She just had a bumpy road, but I'm 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 pulling for Nia Jax to become champion. I'm pulling for Nia Jax, um, and, I, and I think it's going to happen for her one day. Um, let's see. The next one comes from Jack Frost. Becky gets too much hate. Liv's time will come. I mean, yeah, heck yeah, Liv's time's going to come. And when it's going to come or if it's going to come, I don't know if it's going to come. You know, that's one of those things. I'm saying, I know I just rambled that right there. But, but, but no, uh, Becky is, uh, I don't know why she's getting hate because Becky Lynch is truly one of the best in the business. Uh, she could work with anybody, anywhere, anytime. She's the general inside that square circle. She makes you believe everything. Um, and when I say everything, I mean everything, man. No, I don't think uh, if, if she if she is getting hate, it's, it's unwarranted. It's unwarranted. Um, and Lil Morgan, I'd say she needs to just, um, you know, wait her turn um, because um, – we got a lot of players, and this ain't Pop Warner. We ain't just passing out trophies. <laughs> Alex Cosentino is back. Uh, again, this is our speed round. If it was allowed, would you be in attendance for Sting's last match? Would you not be allowed to go to that? I don't, I don't, if it was allowed. You know, if I was off and, and, and I was, you know, invited, I, I probably would go. Yeah. Um, I mean, no one has invited me. And <laughs> Sting and I, we were, uh, we were, uh, we were we were close in a, in a lot of ways. I wouldn't necessarily say uh, Sting and I were like friends or buddies that hung out or anything. I don't. We've never hung out or anything like that. But I have I've always had the utmost respect for Sting. And if um, if I was invited um, to be at his last um, last match, you know, I definitely would consider it. You know, if I was off, if I'm off, I'm always available. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, Sting, Sting's. It's it. This is the last week, I think. Right? I mean, this yeah. Sunday, I believe, is it yeah. for Sting? Where's it gonna be at? Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is that North Carolina, or South Carolina? North Carolina, right? North Greensboro. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think I was right. I started to second guess myself. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the next one here comes from Big Soul, who says, "Book, book, book. I'm just a Booker T." I'm not your sucker. I mean, why do people still like that stuff? It was hilarious. Yeah. Just stupid. It was stupid, man. You know, and, and that's what my career is. Uh, you know, let me. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't remember the matches. A lot of people remember the moments. And, I'm, and the thing is, guys, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that 100. Um, percent But but if you go back and you know, look at some of the old matches, man, Booker T was pretty good. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm serious. I just I was watching a match today with uh, me and Eddie Guerrero uh, for the uh, WCW Television Championship. And I was like, "Wow, man! Wow! I got a chance to work with Eddie Guerrero. Unbelievable." Was it? Was it? Was it fun watching that? Going down memory lane? Yeah, like man. Just because I I watched Eddie just like totally be a general and totally just like running me around in circles and just making me do stuff without me even thinking about it, you know, because the only thing I could do was just go with it. And I, I talked to my students about this kind of stuff now, just talking about them over the weekend on Sunday as far as being able to get into the ring and 
long as you can get your hands on the guy, you could you could work if the lights was off. You could be blindfolded. It, 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 it still would be beautiful, uh, everything that's happening. And, and that's the way Eddie had me. It was like I was blindfolded and I couldn't see anything, but I, I knew exactly where I was going because <laughs> Eddie was guiding me and taking me in that direction. I was like, wow, man, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Man, Eddie Guerrero. I just saw a thing on Instagram. Vanilla Ice bought... Eddie Guerrero's lowrider. I saw that. You yeah. saw that? Yeah. And then he was that. in some video, like holding, you know, the title, yeah. <laughs> being in yeah. front of lowrider. Yeah. Interesting. You never know. Um, this comes from Mel Manchild Jones. Happy early birthday, my fave of all time. Oh yeah, man. It's crazy, man. Um, well, my wife been uh, like, what? Are, what are we gonna do for my birthday? You know, my daughter. What are we gonna do? And I'm like, guys, I've told you guys already. I said I'm skipping my birthday for the next four years. <laughs> All right. For the next four. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to stay this age for the next oh, four years. Oh, got you. <laughs> then we'll pick up. <laughs> then we'll figure it out from there. Figure it out. <laughs> Love it. Oh, no, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate Yeah, this. coming up Saturday, man. Coming up Saturday. You know what I mean? But but I know, you know, this is a good age for a lot of reasons. Uh, Big Brizo said, looking back, how does it feel to be a part of the first elimination chamber? It was awesome. I've been a part of so many moments, man. I've been a part of so many moments, even going all the way back to the Shockmaster. You know, being <laughs> I can't I believe you were there. It's so Seriously. crazy. I've been a part of so many moments. I'm in this business. And, and nah, man, uh, first elimination chamber, it was an experience. It wasn't one of those matches that I was comfortable in at all. If you go back and you know look at some of the footage leading up to that match, I wasn't comfortable um, in that match. Today I probably would be a little bit more comfortable just because they, you know, it's a little bit refined, more padding. They've refined <laughs> it a whole lot. It's a lot. It's a lot different than that first one. That first one just was a monstrosity of a structure, and I was scared. Man, I was scared. You know, seriously. But uh, no, it is history for me though. It's one of my history-making moments. I had a great time. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge, huge uh, match that's still around today. And I remember watching that first Elimination Chamber. You know what? Knowing you a little bit now. <laughs> I'm sure you went out to some of the guys and go, all right, who's bumping on this? Because it's not me. <laughs> oh, I'm like, look, bro, keep me away from that side. You know what I mean? And do, do not throw me over here. It's one of the, bro, I was serious, man. I didn't like getting hurt, man. I didn't like being banged up and bruised up and bloody. I didn't like that at all. You know, that just wasn't my, uh, my cup of tea. I understand. I understand. You're not in the minority there. Um, JLDTV says... Uh, how much and how long is training for reality wrestling? Also saw the queen at the holiday show in Houston in December. King Booker on top. And then it says, I'm really wanting to join this year. Uh, called, but never got an answer. Hope, hey, man, hope I don't, I don't know why you didn't get an answer because that phone number is connected to my wife's phone and it's ringing off the hook on, on a daily basis. But just to let you know, it's $4,000 um, to go to reality wrestling. It's, it's a two-year course. It's, uh, it's uh, $300 down, $150 per month for two years. <laughs> Try to make it um, simple and easy like a cell phone bill. Um, and the thing is, you create your own course, your own training. We're open five days a week. If you want to get one day a weekend or if you want to get five days a weekend, we definitely will accommodate you. So go to realitywrestling.com and, 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 and get in and become a part of the row. Make sure you call that number again, man, and do it and do it now. I do it for you. Do it, man. And look, look, if, if anybody who ever wants anything, like in reality wrestling, we, we, you can get in touch with somebody. 
You can call that number. You can call anybody. Someone's picking might, up the phone. I might, I might even answer. You know, <laughs> so just make sure you call. Seriously. I remember one time somebody called the office phone and you picked it up. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I'm trying to get some information on reality wrestling. And you just give the information there. And they go, okay. And you know, when could I start? And you answer it. Um, is there any age requirement you answer it? The guy goes, is this Booker T? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, this is Booker T. <laughs> the guy's like, what? I didn't think I was talking to you. <laughs> and he starts freaking out. Oh, it was so good, man. <laughs> so good. And you know what? If you really want to see what it's all about, go ahead and uh, and take uh, check it out. Uh, Reality Wrestling on March the 9th. Or you can see if you're the oh, ultimate yeah. athlete at the Rogue Games. Uh, general admission only. General admission only. General admission only. It's down to. And you know what? Uh, you don't don't worry. You know, it's not like I don't know if you heard this book, but the Elimination Chamber was actually they had trouble shipping it to Australia because some pirates try to get a hold of it. Are you serious? Yeah, Michael Cole said this on the broadcast. Talked about the pirates trying to get it, so then they had to put it on a train from Sydney to Perth. I mean, it was a whole ordeal just to get the uh, chamber there. Oh, uh, the pirates bad, man. The no, pirates are bad. No, I'm serious. I look at it on YouTube, man, and those pirates are bad. You got to, you know, send them all with AK-47s, you know, rocket launch, everything, man. Uh, helicopters, you know what I mean? It's crazy, man. We, is that the last super That was it. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Running over time. But I want to thank everybody who stepped inside the Hall of Fame. Get your champagne, wishes, caviar, drinks, all you guys. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you, Brad. All the heavy lifting, as always. But uh, until the next time, peace. We love you. you out.
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.